You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus now as we're going to talk camps here. Nate, Nebraska held their inaugural pipeline camp in Lincoln uh, this past weekend. They also had their first Friday Night Lights event. And, you know, neither was like a star-studded event as far as, you know, I think we got this idea that Friday night lights are all going to be like how they had been in past years, but there's really, and, and we talked about this off the air, Nate, there's one difference now with June weekends this year and last year, but particularly now more than ever this year, guys can take official visits in June. So you're seeing a lot of prospects, Nate, use these June weekends for true official visits. We're going to see that in Lincoln this weekend. And we're going to talk about that in our next segment, of all the guys coming in town, but I looked at Saturday and I looked at Friday, but particularly Saturday as more of a 2021-2022 identifying event. It's really not about 2020 because you're almost you're you're not done, but you're almost done with your offers and evaluations for 2020. Yeah, and I feel like that's how camps across the country have been kind of trending towards over the past few years is where you, anytime you have these big satellite camps or, or the Friday Night Lights or the even the Pipeline camp, I think that you're going to find way more value in seeing and working with the underclassmen at those events more so than than the, the seniors-to-be. Because I, I do think that for the most part, you've got a pretty good idea of, of the, the seniors-to-be that you're already after, the guys that you've offered. Uh, now, obviously, there's always exceptions to the rule. There's always some in-state guys you know, heading into their senior years that you want to be able to take a closer look at and, and work with and whatnot. But uh, I, I just think that there's way more value um, in, in kind of discovering and working with those underclassmen at these types of deals than, than there is in the, um, you know, in the, the seniors to be. And, and I think that's where, you know, you're not going to always see an instant payoff with the satellite camps or even with the Friday night lights or, uh, the pipeline camp. I think it's it's what what happens or what comes down the road from from these initial visits and and the, the kids participating in these events. Uh, but you're right too. I mean, the official visits that's changed everything too. It was last year was the first time that that juniors could start to take and a lot of schools visits. didn't have a visits to use yep. last June. I mean, yep. the, the the clock timing and things last year made it a little bit more difficult for schools to bring in visitors in June. Yeah, and so. Uh, you know that was the first year where you could you could uh, juniors could take visits from April 1st to the end of June and um, and you're right this year you're seeing I think a lot more people do that uh, you're seeing schools that had kind of budgeted more to d- to do that um, and it's the last two weekends in June that where a lot of schools are trying to bring in official visitors before the dead period and and I think you know for for players that are wanting to make a decision before their senior year. It does. It makes a lot of sense to be able to to take a couple officials in June, um, in in you know, kind of April, e- even April. Prepare, yeah, in even April uh, to kind of prepare to make that decision before your senior year. So, uh, so yeah, the, I think the days of seeing you know kind of what we saw under Mike Riley at times where you had you know fifteen, twenty, four or five star type of the guys landscape's and, different. Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Let's talk about the Pipeline Camp, Nate. 300 guys in town from 20 different states. You had several former Husker linemen involved working it, including all five original starters from the or from the 1994 original Nebraska Pipeline line, guys like Rob Zatica and Brendan Stye and Aaron Graham. Um, all those guys were in Lincoln working the camp as, as, as a group. 
Um, and then you had Jason Peter there, Adam Carricker. But a number of coaches made their way into town. Um, Les Miles, clearly the most high-profile guy, but Miami was there. Um, I don't think A&M was there. Um, Louisville wasn't there, um, but Arizona State was there. You know, Louisville said they were going to be there, but I'm not sure if I did see any coaches from Louisville there. Um, but, yeah, Rice was there, Rutgers. Um, I mean, there was it was like 10 to 12 other Adidas schools that were there. So it, it was a good turnout for year one, and I think, if anything, it just laid the foundation for what this is going to be. It reminded me a little bit of when Bill Callahan tried to kind of launch or launch the quarterback camp at Nebraska. It was – at that time, one of the only true quarterback camps at any school in the country. And you had young kids like Ryan Mallett coming to Nebraska as a freshman. You had Josh Freeman coming as a freshman, Blaine Gabbert coming as a freshman. You go down the line, if we went back and studied those early lists of those Bill Callahan quarterback camps, some of the talent and the young, young groups, you didn't even realize it, but they were five-star type guys. And I think that's what's going to happen at this pipeline camp over time. Yeah, um, yeah, you had guys that went on to play in the NFL uh, to come out of – those early quarterback camps, which is pretty amazing to, to go back and look at. Um, and, and I think the, the pi- this pipeline camp has the same type of potential. I think that um, in year one to have 300 prospects that are just strictly offensive and defensive linemen come to the camp, kind of get after it and, and uh, be able to play or, or compete in half shells and, and really, um, you know, get down and dirty in the trenches, I, I think it was a good deal. But um, you know, had 20 other states represented – and I think that in a year from now, two years from now, you're going to see that number kind of cr- climb up there and, and probably even see more states represented. Um, right now, I, I think it's always going to be a heavy Midwestern-centric camp uh, just because of proximity. But I think, you know, in the, in the next year or two, I think it's going to become more of a destination camp where especially younger up-and-coming line prospects say, okay, this is, this is a camp we got to get to because uh, we're going to get exposure, we're going to get good coaching, we're going to be seen by a lot of schools. Yeah, it was long too. I mean, it felt like it wasn't long on paper, but, I mean, they were on the field for quite a while, three hours of instruction and drill time. And, you know, Nate, I got to ask you, Teddy Prohaska was there. Um, looked dinged his shoulder a little, a little yeah. at the end, but uh, just another opportunity now to see Teddy came out at what number forty six in the first Rivals one hundred forty three forty three. Excuse yeah. me, yeah. Um, so as high of an initial ranking as we've seen on a Nebraska prospect probably since Baker Steincooler. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, Xavier Betts right now is sitting in at uh, forty six, I believe, in the twenty twenty Rivals one hundred. So. Yeah, to, to debut at, at number 43 overall in the nation uh, for an in-state kid. And, and not only that, but he's right now, he's the highest-ranked kid in the 500-mile radius. That's uh, crazy, that's, man. Yeah. That's, Higher than any Missouri guy, any Colorado guy. Yep. That, that says something right there. Yeah, absolutely it does. And so, um, I mean, that right that's really, really impressive. And, and you know, to, I mean, that in itself is impressive. But I, I think that he's got, um, you know, he has yet to reach his ceiling. I think that he could even climb up the rankings if he continues to progress like I think he can. And so, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not proclaiming that he's going to be a five-star or anything like that, but uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he doesn't have a chance to become one. Uh, I think he does. And, and now we, we've seen him now, you know, at two different events, and he's been impressive in both. And, and so, uh, you know, I think if he keeps on working and, and, you know, I think he's just kind of starting to scratch the surface of his potential and realize, you know, just how athletic and big he is and how to use that size and athleticism to his advantage, 
Uh, there's no telling how good Teddy Prohaska could end up being. Tell me if you agree or disagree with the statement. There's never been a prospect in the state of Nebraska in recent history at this age that you can say is an NFL guy like this early. Like it usually takes longer, but I think with this guy now, you're like, I mean, this is a guy that is going to play on Sundays. Yeah, and not in the Rivals.com era. I I have not seen. Um, you know, dating back to like 2002, I don't know if I've seen an in-state kid where you go, holy cow, he has everything to become an NFL guy. Because like Niles Paul's still in the league, but you didn't know how he would morph into the NFL. Yeah. But he's found a niche. Yeah, he really has. Fa- he's found a niche. Kickers um, are different. You don't. It, we didn't know Greg Zerloin. Yeah. I mean, I met him in high school, but you, you couldn't have called those things at that age. Yeah. I mean, and we knew Niles was pretty special, um, but yeah, we didn't know. I mean... We, we didn't know that neither one of us would Harrison ever, Phillips. We never could have projected yeah. he's going to be a sec was a third round pick. I think. For, yeah. So yeah, I mean, but you know, if if Teddy keeps on progressing like I think he can, uh, there's no telling how good he could be because he he has legitimate NFL size, NFL wingspan, and the athleticism to go along with it to be pretty darn special. And he's motivated. That's what yeah. I like about the kid. I mean, he. He didn't have to do the pipeline camp. Nope. Yeah, he, and he's he's a tough kid. I mean, he's a competitor, and that's something you don't always see, you know. And I think that's what I liked from the from Blaze Gunnerson at the Friday Night Lights camp too. Is he didn't have to go out there and work out, you know? He's he's got all these offers. He's already narrowed his list down to a couple schools. The last thing he needed to do was go out there and prove anything to Nebraska. But the way he's wired, just like Garrett Nelson out of Scotts Bluff, like. They love to go out and compete. They love to go out and work and, and try to get better and sharpen their craft. And so uh, I love seeing that out of out of recruits and, and prospects when they go out and they decide to go work out. Um, you know, obviously you're always kind of taking a little bit of a chance, maybe of getting injured or whatever. But uh, to me, that tells me it tells me an awful lot of what you're made of when you go out there and do those types of things. All right, when we come back, we're going to preview Nebraska's final June recruiting weekend as they're going to host a number of guys on official visits here as well as unofficial visits. It will be their Friday Night Lights camp and their big barbecue here. So it's going to be very busy. Nate will get us ready for the weekend. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.